If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to Channel F Game of the, the... I actually don't know what number episode this is going to be. Uh, Channel F Game of the Year podcast series where a bunch of people over at Fanbyte are getting together to talk about uh, different categories that we came up with and uh, a winner that we have. And these are not your normal Game of the Year things. This is not Best Adventure Game. This is going to be something off the wall, something crazy. But... Uh, I'm staff writer Kenneth Shepard, and I drew the short straw right before this, and I have to host. Um, (laughs) So let me introduce all my lovely friends here. Uh, With me today is feature contributor Natalie Flores. Hi. How are you? Good. Enjoying you squirming (laughs) as you post because you got the unlucky number. Yep. This isn't a video podcast, but I I have not been able to sit still in my chair since we started. Um, (laughs) Speaking of feature contributor... Fucking hell. Featured contributors. We have Funkhead Joseph. How are you? Yo, I'm doing well. I'm chilling. I'm thinking about all the video games that came out, and there's too many. Yeah, there's too we gotta, many. We gotta slow down. So many. Yeah. So many. I think we should have about five a year, and then these conversations will just be a lot easier. Wouldn't that be sick? Like, it would five be so video dope. games a year? Wow. Yeah. And lastly, uh, we have Featured's and Trending Editor, Elise Favis. How are you? Howdy, I'm doing good. Good. All right, so we're all here. I have to host, but luckily I don't have to go first. That's Funke's job. Funke, tell us about your category. Video games. You've all heard of them, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to present one. The award for best game for exactly one week, and then I dropped it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Pokemon Unite. Oh, Yay, damn. Yay, Pokemon Unite for a game a that got dropped a week later. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Pikachu I, goes up on the stage. I'd like to thank the Academy mm. and Ash. They got and, you. Yeah. I, can't, I can't relate to this because I've put over 100 hours into Pokemon Unite and I intend to continue to do that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so I was so hyped on this from when they announced it. I thought it was like a joke leak mm-hmm. when I read Pokemon MOBA on the way. Um, as a huge League of Legends head, I always want a game that will make me stop playing that game. Mm. So <laughs> I thought Pokemon Unite would be that game. But it didn't have enough mechanics to pull me in. And it also had like this this flow that was so cookie cutter for each game. I also wrote about it for the site, but 
if you don't get Zapdos, mm-hmm. you lose. I don't know if that has changed, but it hasn't. It hasn't. Okay, it hasn't. It's, it's it's basically the first three fourths of the game don't matter in my opinion, except for when you get one buff at the end that makes all your points doubled and makes you instantly score. It was just like it was getting to a point where I was like, huh. It uh, it's weird that I'm trying so hard at the beginning when I don't need to. Mm. And yeah. I don't know. I don't want to be like wasting time for like 20 minutes and then last five minutes I got to do something. Right. As a, like, as a person, I said I put like 100 hours in this point. And I, and I think part of the reason that I do that is I have like a group of people that I drag into that game with me. And I think like, yes, Zapdos is generally what will probably determine who wins. But I think if you have like a coordinated team, you can at least get better at defending your goals when Zapdos does come. Because I've, I've had several games that very nearly swung in the opposite direction where the, the opposing team used Zapdos and was able to really get the leg up on us. But if you're coordinated enough to ensure that they don't get get to your goals and they don't, especially because like, there's a very short window after Zapdos mm-hmm. is uh, beaten that they have to do that. Um, you can kind of like still maintain your lead. Um, that, that's, Wait, you've defended against Zapdos? yeah. And that, oh my gosh! That might have been um, something that they've gotten that they've done better. Like I don't know, like a, a distinct balance change that they might have made. But yeah, basically, like if Zapdos does, uh, if your if your team opposing team does get Zapdos, you kind of are you have to you have to be on defensive then. And um, I've, it's worked sometimes, and I feel like I have fewer games. I guess that feel like they swing like real at like you know the eleventh hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it's worth going back to at least trying out for a little bit and seeing if maybe some of the changes they've made have maybe helped you out. Yeah, literally this morning I, I'm downloading the patches because I've, I've seen a lot of cool skins and stuff, and, and that seems fun. I know like during that week that I played, a lot of my friends and I just grinded to try to get to expert or master or whatever the heck it is, mm. and then stopped <laughs> and just were playing other stuff. Uh, but no, I, I, I think it's cool what they're trying i felt weird about some of the the cosmetics and also mm. i don't know what to call them but the augments that you're paying for that yeah. affect the gameplay i was like this seems weird and right. there's nothing like that in any other moba i've played because they they really try to make it distinct that like it's not pay to win mm-hmm. but i remember at launch there were conversations about like certain elements being way easier to get if you just pay for them right which I'm just not a fan of. Mm. I know that they've, I think that they've like backed off on some of that stuff, which is cool. But yeah, I don't, I don't want to have some kid with their parents' credit card just like buying right. everything <laughs> and winning each game. Yeah, they definitely like, did a thing where they gave people, like for free, they gave people those item boosters. So it's kind of like meant to help mitigate some of that stuff. But uh, that, that would apply to like one Pokemon at a time. Mm. Um, so like, unless you go like messing with all your different loadouts. Um, I think for me, like, and I know this isn't like in the spirit of the uh, the the category because I this is a game that I did not bounce off of. But I think for me, like, when you get to like those forever games, like the, the games that you just like put an hour a day or so, mm-hmm. I am more compelled when it's in a world that I care about and like with, when it's with characters that I care about. And Pokemon is like one of my favorites in video games. So mm-hmm. even as a person that doesn't play, I've never played a mobile before. Um, no, never played League, never played Dota. Pokemon Unite sticks with me for that reason because it's like this is a thing in a world that I care about that I can just, you know, grind for a bit. Like, I, and I also don't really, I, I, I'm a Pikachu one trick and I, I'm very stubborn when it comes to like character driven 
games and like I want to play as one character or like you know a couple that I'm like really like really master them really like you know main them so Absolutely. I'm not I don't get like caught up in a lot of the microtransaction bullshit of like trying to like buy other characters because like I'm very content playing with one character so I've mm. not had to I've not had to dump a bunch of money in this game thankfully Okay, I so I have like, like oops, sorry. No, you go. Oh, ahead. So, so no, go go ahead, Natalie. No, because I was gonna say I have five questions. Okay, five. So it's <laughs> a lot of questions, up. and that's also like specific <laughs> a specific number. Because I was counting though, I was like, how many questions do I got? So you can go first, Funke, and finish your your thought before I ask you questions. I was just gonna say I love Kenneth that you have continued to play. Like mm-hmm. I I want to to be more into that game. Mm-hmm. So uh, I will give it another try. We should play some matches or something. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, can I ask my five questions? Yes, go for uh, it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Okay, first, um, why is Zapdos so powerful? Just in case for like any who are not initiated mm-hmm. with this Pokemon MOBA like I am. Um, is it because Zapdos is both a flying electric type, so its only weakness is ground? Or like, is there some it's, other special reason that it's so powerful? In MOBAs, there's like a couple of monsters on the map that you you fight to get a buff. Mm-hmm. So Zapdos is one of those monsters. It's not a playable character. It's like the equivalent to a Baron in League or Roshan in, in Dota or something like that, where it's just like a creature sitting in a circle waiting for you to fight it. Mm-hmm. So it only spawns in like the last quarter of the game and players will fight over that. But whoever gets that will be able to slam dunk instantly and their points are doubled. Correct me if I'm wrong, Kenneth, it's yeah, been a right. second. Yeah. Their, their points are doubled and yeah, they get just like so many points. Like it, it, it's kind of ridiculous when you compare it to the first part of the game mm-hmm. when you're like scrambling to get points, like farming up, uh, hitting core fishes and stuff. But um, uh, yeah, Zapdos just right. just makes it so easy. Yeah, and I, th- I think that the reason they do that is because like they don't want, like if they have like a really, really bad like first half of the game, they want to like have some incentivizing thing that makes people not just give up and just like try and, you know, surrender the match so like they want something that you can have that can kind of like swing the match in the other way like so you didn't feel like you wasted all the minutes but waiting to get there and you know that's similar to like a lot of like a lot of different games different ways like overwatch has the uh overtime mechanic where as long as people are like on the objective the game will continue until somebody like definitively won and like gotten people off of the objective and so Mm -hmm. i think they, they just want to have this thing that gives people a reason to keep trying even if they have like a very not great uh opening part of the match yeah my my issue with that is that like i feel like they're fixing the wrong issue Mm. too much like they're snowballing is an issue in every moba and like league has addressed it pretty recently they've been addressing it but recently with a bounty system on towers and stuff like if you get a tower you're and you're behind your team will get extra gold or extra points for it so i think like soothing that issue in in earlier parts of the game would make it so that it just doesn't feel like you're just that you're just waiting for Zapdos Mm -hmm. and instead of like there's there's better solutions earlier uh instead of that Mm, got it okay my second question which i think we've gone from five to three questions in my head i'm not sure if maybe that was originally (laughs) the thing (laughs) my head is not a great place generally um but 
I think I've narrowed it down to two more questions. Um, let's go. So the second question, let's go. Um, so I have established, especially with Funke, that my brain is rotted right now um, <laughs> from League of Legends, specifically Arcane. And so you mentioned so that you're always searching for a game that makes you stop playing League of Legends. <laughs> Uh, I'm very curious about that, and I'm curious as to how, like, like I think you mentioned that one of the reasons was that Pokemon Unite just doesn't have enough mechanics. Um, so I just kind of like, I'm curious because it seems like League of Legends stresses you, or just like is not like maybe maybe it's it's probably something like Overwatch for for Ken and for mm. me in the past where like you really can't stop playing this game and though right. you know it's not great for you and you enjoy it but you also hate it at other times so mm -hmm. oh, that is a good question I it the the things in League the mini games and the the macro games uh, and just the game sense and looking looking around the map, all of those things make my brain so happy. I, I love it. It's like, oh boy, I love to like click on these minions and and wait ten minutes and farm up and then buy an item and be like, oh, should I be buying this tank item or should I be getting the one with magic resist because they have some magic carries? Like, I love all of that stuff. I just there's so many other factors like when people just afk or when someone calls me 15 slurs at the start mm. of the game and i'm like oh we're you're my support and <laughs> we mm. have to <laughs> we have to work together to win this it's uh it's always shit like that that is so just leaves a sour taste in my mouth but i also just love the world as well i mean like through arcane you see what how sick it is like i i don't know there's there's so many things that I really love about this experience, but it's also tainted by so many things that I hate. Mm -hmm. So I am in that middle ground of, okay, I like this, but I, I wish there was something else <laughs> that I could put more time into. And, and TFT has kind of been uh, team fight tactics. Their league of legends chess game has been a great uh, solution to that because it's a solo game and you're still like playing with the characters and stuff. And there's still a lot of, a lot of learning and, risk management and stuff mm -hmm. which is fun awesome and that that kind of makes a perfect segue to my last question or at least the last question i can remember having in my brain which is like so recently you and nikki reviewed pokemon brilliant diamond and shining pearl for the site and mm -hmm. a lot of that review focused on how both of you, which I think is also just the majority opinion by like at this point, perhaps, or maybe, maybe not, but it, at least from the circles that I've been in, it seems to be the common perception that the Pokemon company just isn't really trying enough new things with Pokemon, that it's like a series that is still going to make bank no matter what, but creatively it seems to be quite stagnant. And so I'm wondering what your thoughts are about like Pokemon Unite related to that feeling that you're having about the main Pokemon games? Like, how do you reconcile um, just sort of what feels like creative bankruptcy and also like, here's this 
pretty new thing for the series, but it feels like it's not maybe the step in the right direction or it feels like some sort of missed potential for you. Mm-hmm. I do like, I really enjoy that they have tried to go into MOBA, but it just doesn't, a lot of parts just didn't seem thought through. Like mm-hmm. from like at launch, like having those microtransactions that inf- influence gameplay in in so many ways and also just having Zapdos at the beginning just feels so overwhelmingly overpowered. I was just like, they didn't really think this through. Like they thought, okay, Pokemon MOBA, but everything else just seems like they were like, all right, well, let's just try this. Let's just do this. And it didn't feel that inspired. It, it also just the song that plays on the map. I'm like, <laughs> Pokemon has so many baggers. Pokemon has good music. Why not just pull from that? But they just have this kind of like weird orchestral royalty free sounding mm. thing that just, I don't know, plays in every single game. Mm-hmm. I expected more. I expected more callbacks to Pokemon and uh, more shadows being like, oh, here, like, don't you remember this? Uh, but they didn't really do that. Ken, do you feel like you enjoy Pokemon Unite because of like, the actual moment-to-moment gameplay, or do you also sort of feel similarly to Ken, but you enjoy it anyway because Pokemon is a world that you care about so much? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm very like aware that it is like baby's first MOBA. Like I, that, there's not a whole lot of complexity to a lot of stuff that's happening, and I think a lot of people have kind of like tried to frame it as like maybe this will get people more invested into like something that might be more complex. But I think for me, like it does come down to like I care about the world in the way like that. Like I'm not interested in MOBA because of Unite. I'm interested in Unite because it is a Pokemon MOBA more than anything mm-hmm. else. Um, so yeah, like I do enjoy the moment to moment, and I think like if you and I do think it is a lot of that is predicated on like you having a team with you that is like you know you're all on a call together and you're coordinated. Because, like, you know, having one person who's just a rando who's not, like, really helping properly can, like, ruin a match. And it can, that can be a lot of people's frustration with MOBAs generally. Is like, if you're not mm-hmm. working together as, like, this uniform, you know, this, this unit, I guess. Like, it's just not going to scratch that itch. It's going to, like, if you're going to feel like you've wasted a lot of your time, even though, you know, I think broadly matches are shorter in Unite. But, yeah, it, I guess, like as I talk about it and I like my enjoyment of Unite as much as it is like one of my favorite things that I've played this year. Um, it, I feel like my recommendation of it has a bunch of asterisks next to it. Like do not apply if you do not ha- like have this attachment to this world in the same way. And you're not willing to sit with something that might frustrate you for like 75% of the time you're playing it. Mm-hmm. Oh no, Natalie, what are you, what are you holding? Is I'm it, holding something. What's that award for? Oh, Oh, this award, you say? Oh, all right. Well, everyone, I'm here to present Natalie's award. Um, It's not called Natalie's award. Um, It's called (laughs) My Favorite Game of the Year with Important Life Lessons that I Will Absolutely Not Take. (laughs) Drum roll, please, everyone. Wow. It's Chicory, a colorful tale. Woo, God, Chicory, for having amazing life lessons that I'm absolutely not going to impart on myself. Yay. Um, okay, so this, so I made this category up. First of all, I wanted an excuse to talk about Chicory, a colorful tale, mm-hmm. because I, I truly do feel like it is 
an underrated game. Mm. Um, but I, I just felt like, you know, I don't know, like, there's so many wonderful games that came out this year, and especially games that just really touched my heart. Um, like, in addition to Chicory, uh, Life is Strange, True Colors, which we all coincidentally uh, did a spoiler cast on, just like this exact same group. Uh, yes. Yeah, so that game was wonderful. Um, both some of my favorite games this year and basically ever um and both really explore sort of mental illness and uh you know related subjects to having anxiety or depression which i do and which a lot of people out there do um so for me i picture this this category because I felt so moved and inspired by Chicory as I played it. And this is a no way meant to take away from that. It's just a me thing where like I will play games and, you know, I will play games that inspire me, that say something really important and that I specifically need to hear. And I am just extremely good at feeling like I've learned something in the moment and then once I shut that game off mm -hmm. I'm like oh you know like I felt like I learned something and became a better person turns out I'm not <laughs> <laughs> so how, how long would you say it takes to finish chicory because I've been wanting to play it but um mm -hmm. I just haven't found the time well, if I check my Steam right now, I played it in total for 17 hours. So I guess like 15, oh, wow. give or take. Um, okay, it's a bit sure. longer than... I thought it was shorter. Yeah, right? It, it's a longer game. At no point does it feel like the pacing, um, you know, that it drags on too much. It's always so witty and charming and, and really profound in so many moments. Um, so for anyone who has not played Chicory, uh, Chicory A Colorful Tale is basically about this puppy janitor who uh, you can name. Um, so I will just be referring to them as the puppy janitor. I named mine Pasta. Um, and because like you name it according to your favorite food, uh, we streamed chicory actually on the fanbyte twitch channel and john didn't know what the question at the beginning was for and so he put be fast tacos mm. for breakfast tacos so he walked around as this puppy janitor named to be fast tacos and it was really funny <laughs> um and so he plays this puppy janitor who admires um this uh bunny named chicory who essentially holds the position of being the wielder of the brush um and as a wielder of the brush uh chicory is sort of the superstar artist in their world who can you know paint colors and add colors to the world and sort of shape it in in her artistic vision um but one day the world's colors just suddenly vanish and chicory is nowhere to be found so you as a puppy janitor randomly find the brush that chicory wields in order to you know paint the environment around her and you sort of take it upon yourself to restore the world's colors in her absence um, and so the game really goes deeply into it's always it's a funny game like it it has a wonderful sense of humor and i legitimately think overall that it's just a perfect game um but 
a lot of the times it will delve into discussions of mental health about how mental health is affected by, you know, being a creative person, by being an artist. I think that's something that we can all relate to in this room specifically, but also like as content creators, you know, we do that for a living. We create and we we form art, not just to survive in a monetary sense, but I think everyone in this room has like a genuine section of art that speaks to them and that is key to their survival not just like physically but also spiritually and emotionally um some of us are writers some of us make music um some of us like drawing and so it has some really profound explorations about what it's like to define yourself through creating. Um, Chicory is, you know, this famous wielder who has sort of the highest honor in the land, essentially. Um, but she is an incredibly depressed and lonely person um, who is absolutely terrified of failure and is so... You know, the idea of failure is so daunting to her that she would rather sort of curl herself up and, you know, isolate herself from everyone around her just so that people don't see all the fears and insecurities that lie inside of her. Um, she has an enormous sort of amount of pressure as the latest in a long line of people who are deemed as, like, these inspirational, really important artists who are key to filling the world with color. And on the other hand, um, they also, like, like, the story does a lot of explore, like, it, it explores a lot of not just mental health and, you know, the insecurities that come with being a creative, but also, like, imposter syndrome is a really big thing because you play as this puppo janitor who who gets a brush because they they sort of are at the right place at the right time. Um, but it's not like it was consciously passed down to them. And so in this dynamic between Chicory and the puppy janitor, like you have this really interesting dynamic of people who just don't feel like they are deserving of the positions that they're in, regardless of the fact that they have reached the same position through entirely different means. Um, and, and I think that's an especially poignant thing to talk about, um, given sort of our current times. Um, I think maybe something that most of us in this room, if not all of us, can relate to is sort of, you know, the, the wonderful opportunity and just overall the, the wonderful thing it is to, to be here, to be at this sort of, uh, sorry, my dog interrupted my really moving monologue in <laughs> the background. Um, but I I feel like I, I can speak for everyone comfortably here when, when I say that I feel really lucky every day to be here, to work at Fanbyte, to be mm -hmm. in this team specifically, yeah. to be surrounded by such incredible and inspiring people who motivate me to, to not just be a, a better creator or a better writer or artist, but like a better person. And that is difficult to wrestle with during a pandemic where it's hard not to feel guilty just for surviving, let alone feeling like you're lucky and in a good position um, because both of these characters 
feel so guilty sort of in different ways about the positions that they're in. And it's them working through that together, sort of forming a friendship where they're required to be very vulnerable about their greatest fears, about their imposter syndrome, and about how how much they love to create and paint this world with colors, but how incredibly stressful and even harmful that can be um, when yeah. the pressure amounts to because this is so at all times this is something bigger than them right like they're not just wielding this brush and painting the world uh, however they want and doing whatever they want like the like this is a a very important cultural pillar of this world because all the other sort of like the creatures and the people in this universe rely on these colors to mm -hmm. it's a job for them yeah like, right you like going to the houses I, I played a bit of it and they're like could you paint my house like this and yeah. then you paint it and they're like actually not like that like this exactly like, you, you have to like help them out in certain yeah. ways it's right cool. for some people it's it's just you know a thing of like hey can you repaint my house for some other people like for one NPC in particular you painting his house in quote-unquote like strong colors and the only colors that you have available when you run into that NPC are you know pastel pink purple light blue um and in in a really it sounds maybe like like a leap but in a really quirky and natural and charming way it helps him come to terms with the fact that he's bisexual and he's like i love tough colors yes and then mm. when you paint his house pink he's like yeah so i'm bi okay i i like dudes okay and he like comes Aww. to terms with this and these characters are just so lovely in general but i I think this game is full of so many important things to say, things that I have to actually replay the game in order to digest. Um, I took so many screenshots of, of quotes that I wanted to remember um, and to hold on to when the mental health gets bad, especially uh, as a content creator. Um, and I got all these screenshots and I'm not taking any of them to heart. Cause I beat myself up over stuff every day. Mm. So that's but what makes it <laughs> deserving of this award. Um, it doesn't <laughs> sound like you haven't learned anything from the games though. Like I, everything you said. Sounds May, like maybe like I, like I am aware of what this game says. I think, I think it's harder. It's a lot harder to connect what a piece of art. It, it that sounds like you're at the very least like processing it and yes. taking it in. But I, I agree that like actually exercising those things, like putting it in motion for yourself is a lot harder. It's so hard, you know, like these uh, and these characters don't make any illusions about struggling throughout the entire game with this. Like there is no point in which like one character says a magical thing that they will hold on to for the rest of their lives and they will never feel crushingly insecure or depressed ever again and that shit real yeah. you know um so For i real. i think it is such an important game to play as if you are a creator if you are someone who is spiritually spiritually fulfilled by art and who creates art i think 
it is such an important game to play. I think it's an important game to play uh, even if you're not that person because it's a fucking perfect game. Um, legitimately, I think it is straight. Like, I, like I was I was going to ask if you still felt like it was a perfect game because I remember like Natalie wrote this really wonderful review where it seemed like you were almost wrestling with how you how do you be a critic of something that you love so dearly mm-hmm. yeah especially when I'm yeah. like I, I don't know what to say like I think I, uh, you know while I was writing it I was like I think I'm supposed to say something about like it not doing something perfectly but to me it it genuinely felt like a perfect game um, I mean like to me th- that, that that's what makes a good review is that you're honest and it whether it's positive or negative it doesn't like the, the those feelings themselves um isn't I'm not articulating this right but do you know what I mean yes. like it's it's about like it's about articulating that well mm-hmm. and and telling us what is so important about this game instead of like it being if it's a positive review doesn't make it a better review or negative review doesn't make it I think it's just about like sharing that experience with us and being as honest and vulnerable as you are comfortable with. And I think that you really did that in that review. Thank you. No, yeah, I I think this is a, it's a relentlessly vulnerable game. And right. I, I am so happy it came out. It came out as a total surprise for me. I managed to squeeze it in um, when it came out and, or well, before it came out, because I reviewed it and I, I'm just grateful that I didn't miss out on it, and I encourage anyone listening to to please play Chicory, A Colorful Tale, if you haven't. It's really wonderful and has some incredible things to say. Um, I think we can all learn from it, at least at least a thing or two. But I think I've I've learned a lot from it, and I'm still processing that stuff. So I can't say I have actually, you know, internalized it and taken it with me like and and applied it to the real world but i'd like to to keep trying and ultimately that's all that we can do every day so yeah yeah absolutely all right is it my turn to talk about a a video game (laughs) okay okay so my category is um, the best game about getting away with murder that is not Hitman 3. <laughs> yeah! And- best game about murder and not getting... Not, what? <laughs> what? Thank you, Natalie. Best game about getting away with murder that's not and Hitman 3. Woo! The- drum roll. So- <laughs> Yay! Okay. <laughs> that was so chaotic. That was so chaotic. <laughs> and of course, I would fuck yours up. Like, I swear it was intentional. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's like subconsciously <laughs> It just happens around Okay, you. the winner is Overboard, and that's Overboard with an exclamation mark. Such a end. good game. So if you haven't played Overboard, it is basically this visual novel puzzle game from the developer Inkle. If you don't know Inkle, they made um, 80 Days and Heaven's Vault, both really great video games um but they're a small studio and um they actually only made this game in like 100 days which is crazy to me but you're right about that right essentially yeah it's crazy um so overboard you play as this young woman it's set in the 1930s you're on a cruise ship and uh you kill your husband like in the first like 10 seconds of the game you kill your husband is that allowed you throw him off the ship (laughs) uh in this game no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you get away with it um, if you're 
if you're skilled enough. Um, so yeah, essentially you kill your husband and you have to like weasel your way out of getting caught. Um, so you have to kind of like lie and, um, you know, find fake alibis or whatever and just find a way to just not get in jail by the end of the game. So what you do is essentially, it's basically like Groundhog Day where you're playing the same game over and over again and each run takes like, honestly, 10 to 20 minutes. Um, and you go around the ship and you have a certain amount of time to talk to different people or be seen in different places um, or pick up certain items and everything that you do is very meaningful, so you have to be very careful about how you spend your time um, because even every little breadcrumb of information that you find either can be used against you or you can use it to help you get away with murder. Um, I thought it was absolutely brilliant, frankly. Um, it is like such an ingenious puzzle game because um, like, I, I mentioned this in my review, but you get to a point where, um, it's not just about getting away with murder, it's about, like, how can you exploit mechanics, or how can you, um, use certain situations to your advantage to, to just get as much information as possible, and then how do you use that information? And that can help you understand the story more fully, or things like that, um, or my favorite thing to do was, can I try killing every single person on this ship? Mm. Um, <laughs> and get away with normal. it. <laughs> Thank you for that normality, Elise. We, we needed it. Yeah. At one point, I hooked up with the captain, and um, there was a dead body underneath the bed at the time, and he found it, and he was not happy. Um, was it worth it? Absolutely. All of it was worth it. Um, did I get caught? Yes. <laughs> but, like, how unhappy? Like, Uber home or call the cops on you immediately? Um, yeah, he... I was in jail, like, minutes later. Oh, damn. So, he not a real pleased. One. Not pleased, yeah. Um, but it is a great... It's a great game. I don't know if any of you played it, mm. but yes. I highly endorse it. It's so much fun. I love... Um, overboard i didn't finish it and i was extremely bad at not getting caught um i think i i played it for maybe three hours and i think there there was only one time that i didn't get caught um but i agree Damn, Natalie. <laughs> yeah i was really not good <laughs> like, like honestly that's like very on brand yeah <laughs> right and, and i was so busy like I was busy on getting laid with the the dude, honestly. Yeah. Like that was like my number one priority. And then once I did that, I was like, <laughs> okay, time to That is also super on brand right? for you. Just like prioritizing a quote unquote romance. It's not right? even a romance, really. It's not even a romance. I didn't even know that you could drive him away by like with a dead body, which like, you know, pretty normal thing um i think mm -hmm. most people would be pretty turned off by that um but i i agree it is a brilliant game um like i interjected for a second when elise was talking about it um elise wrote a wonderful piece uh where she talked to the developers about how they built this mm -hmm. game in 100 days during a pandemic and it, it is incredible just sort of how ingenious this game is and how that development time actually contributed to just how tight it is, you know? That, 
like we said up top, there'd be a lot of video games. Just so many. <laughs> um, and time is finite. And sometimes it's, it's good to have a game that that's tight, that's just, it knows what it wants to do, and it does that, and it doesn't give you any more bullshit, and it does it really well. And Overboard is essentially this. Um, it, it just sort of... It panders to me, honestly. It's you have an absolutely iconic girl boss who throws her husband overboard at the beginning of She's the game. She's amazing. Yeah, you can't really go wrong with her. She's insanely funny. Um, you also have like murder mystery sort of, but you're the one enacting it, so it's it's a lot different from what you will usually play in terms of a murder mystery. There's cool visual novel sections and it, it like Elise said it's not just about you know organizing fake alibis or getting a specific item it is also like manipulating people into thinking that you didn't commit this crime or to turn against each other or to just like wonder yep. how this could have possibly happened it's like shit maybe you know he was drunk and he like felt really sick and, and he like and, fell overboard and like failure failure is like a big part of the game because yes. it's like you have to fail like several times before you can succeed because every failure you learn something new that you bring with you on your next run right. so it's like oh okay so if i talk to this person for this length of time then i can sneak into the room when they leave or something like that um, or you find a new item and you have to just kind of like fool around and try different things. You're basically like throwing a bunch of things at the wall and seeing what sticks. Okay. And I find that really, really fun because it's like, it makes the whole experience feel really creative. Yeah. Um, and people move yeah. like, it, it's not like these characters are stationary. Like they will move throughout yeah, the they day, move all over, all over the cruise, the, all over the ship. Yeah. And you can start learning those schedules and be like, okay, so if I get ready really fast in the morning, um, then I can meet this person in the restaurant and talk to them and make sure this a scene isn't caused or something like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's like you have to think ahead a lot and you have to use all of the information that you gather from every run. Right. This like sounds really said, fun. It's down, to the, it's down mm -hmm. to the minute. It's, like, I would get upset every time that I would get busy trying to craft an alibi and I missed, like my getting late appointment with the dude that yeah. you get laid with. And I was like, damn, like, you couldn't have waited, like, five minutes outside of my room, dog? Like, I was busy trying to get away with murder. You could have waited five minutes, and you would have gotten I know. Some. How this long one is time the game? I, oh, sorry. oh, sorry. Uh, that's a really hard question to answer, because I think you could probably see everything... If you want to see like a full story, maybe like a couple hours or something like that or a few hours. Hmm. But um, there's like there there are also all these like optional objectives that you can do. Like I said, killing everybody. But there actually are optional objectives in the game itself. And I don't know how long it takes to like do all of that. Probably quite a bit of time. But it's really like a game where you can play it for 20 minutes if you want or you can play it for like 10 hours. I have six hours on it, for example, and I've seen a lot. I would say. I will say, mm. um, <laughs> this is wildly irresponsible to say, but play this game if you are in any way intoxicated. 
Like, it's really fun. Um, I I don't mean intoxicated necessarily in like an alcohol manner. I played this when I was on my sleep meds, which um, for any anyone oh who might God, not be aware, yeah, for anyone who might not be aware, my sleep meds make me do anything from like spending five hundred dollars on clothes in one night to like, I love sleep meds. Yeah, really? to just she having like so much no fun. no filter in terms of like like an impulse control like I will just say whatever and it, it, it's wild um and so playing this I, on I, sleep I, mads was really fun because I was just like yeah this sounds like a bad idea I'm gonna <laughs> fucking do it like I'm just gonna tell this person that like I probably killed my <laughs> husband <laughs> Natalie remember remember when you asked me if I wanted to go to England and I think like I had drank a lot and you were on sleep meds and we were both like, yeah, let's do it. And the next morning I was like, I actually can't go to England with you. That's so not related to this, but it's it's a really good story. Um, Not related to Overboard. I'm kind of tempted to share it. Um, But yeah, it's so I recommend like doing that. Like if you want to like get high or get drunk and play this game yeah. it's a I'm really listening. good game to play <laughs> yeah right because it's like you you kind of like figure out a little bit the kind of person that you are like i i'm not oh, methodical no. i was like yeah i'm just gonna shoot this shit at the wall and see what sticks because i'm trying to do this right and it's not working so let me just try to do everything wrong it's really fun to play the writing is really good too like really surprisingly good. so it's super sharply written what uh yeah. what is it on uh PC it's on almost everything Switch. it's on consoles pc mm. mobile okay. yeah you can find it on most platforms yeah i played it on pc i just thought it it worked well on that platform for me but yeah it's the script itself was written in only three weeks which is insane to me there are so Mm non-linear it uh, it also got really incredible critical reviews and I think I think they mentioned by the time that you interviewed them that they had made all the money back or something like that I don't quite remember it's their best selling game so far which blew my mind yeah by the time that you interviewed them so many awards yeah and 80 Days is an indie darling so that is that's saying a lot. And I mean, I, I remember first hearing about this game. I think I saw the a, a review of it on The Guardian. And it was just, like, glowing. And so I was like, oh, yeah, what's this? And then I kept hearing about it. And, yep, just a really great time to spend a few hours. Or maybe more than a few hours. It's kind of what you make of it. Um, yep. Yeah, it's like... You said that it was, like, a, a pretty challenging game. Um, it's like... The bloodborne of killing your husband in a video game. <laughs> wow. That's a box quote if I ever heard one. Yeah, sell. which I think is a good sell. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Kill your husband the game. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah. So, uh, Kenneth, do you want to tell us what your category is for your game? Yeah. Um, y'all fucking set me up. You know who you are. You're listening to the show. You set me up. Um, so there's actually a lot of overlap here on this podcast with these different categories and these games we're going to be talking about. Um, but, uh, where Funke was talking about, like, a more, uh, based, just based on, like, how I feel when you say, like, game that you played for, like, 
a week and then stop. That that has like a more negative connotation than what I'm going for here. It's more more of a positive appreciation for something. Um, so here at Fanbyte, we like to say, kill your backlogs. Uh, podcast manager Merrick Kay recently published a piece on that. You should go read it. And even I am on record as saying uh, one of my New Year's resolutions once was to not like games with my time anymore. Um, but that sometimes feels tough for us, like people who do this shit, because we get to game of the year time, feel this pressure to play a lot of games because everyone's got their faves and they want everyone to play them. So I decided to, for my category, pay tribute to games that I'm sure are bangers, but I'm never, I'm just, I just don't think I'm ever going to be able to get, get around to them or go back to them. Um, so for some insi- yeah, inside let's baseball. Yeah, for games that you're never going to get to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So for some inside baseball, for the listeners, um, the panel lineups that we had for these podcasts were not the ones we initially had in place. And But then once people started submitting their categories and their games, we were like, okay, we're going to shift these around for pe- for like, you know, panels that would just like be able to speak more to the games that everyone's talking about. And um, so when I made this category and I picked the game that I did, I thought it was going to be in a safe space. Um, but now that the panel <laughs> shifted around, I distinctly feel like I'm not in a safe space and I've been set up by whoever it was that moved things around. Uh, because after all that, I get to tell Natalie that the best game I did not finish and probably never will is Chicory. Chicory, a powerful tip, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't even have like a grand hot take about why. It's just like, it was a game that landed That's at the, like, the exact... That's biphobic. That's of you, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the truth That's comes out. Right. Yep, I'm not giving can- you a drum I'm, roll. I'm getting canceled on the podcast. Um, <laughs> when it first came out, I... I, I think I was busy with Legendary Edition coverage, or or no, 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 it was, it was E3. Like, I think it came out, like, the week of or something like that, something, some awful time. So it was just, like, a bad time at first, and then when I finally did, like, like I caved and bought it, and, like, I downloaded it, and I was ready to play it, I think we got code for True Colors, like, that day, and so I was like, okay, new oh. priority. Um, yeah. But I did spend, I spent like roughly an hour in that game and I just didn't feel immediately enraptured in it. And mm-hmm. so I just didn't get back to it. And I really kind of feel like the moment for me to like put my head down and see it through is kind of gone. I had to remove it from my PS5 to make space for like a billion other things over the past however many months. And um, it like, meanwhile, it just keeps going like further and further down my list of games that I need to play. Meanwhile, it's going higher and higher up everyone's game of the year list. And, and sooner or later, I got to get back to Pokemon Unite. Like, why experience something new when I can kill Zapdos and dunk for the millionth time? And honestly, like, hearing that it's, like, 17 hours, that's just, like, um, like that was another, like, step down the list. Because, like, mm-hmm. I've been selling people recently on actual game of the year 2021 before your eyes by telling people it's nine minutes long. That, that's it, a good really sell. good sell. Yeah. yeah and Chigari sounds like uh, the math of that is, like, that's, that's, that's more than ten times like the length of time before your eyes. So put it on switch. Maybe we'll talk, but no, if it's on I a PS5, honestly, that's, the, like, that's a struggle for me. The thing about Kenneth Shepard is that Kenneth somehow manages to be on the news every single day and keep up with everything that is happening in this industry. While also like writing an absolute shit ton of things about games just at the speed of light. Like Ken will play <laughs> a game over the weekend and he and will do come it back. Well. Yeah, and he will come back on Monday like, with a piece on it. Like the cleanest copy is wild. <laughs> and Ken, so like, I don't it's know like how you if, do it. If I had to pick someone that I would forgive 
for not engaging with chicory because they're too busy being like an absolute superstar at their job. Absolute beast. I would yeah. allow one gay white man, and that is Kenneth <laughs> Shepard. I would forgive him. Well, damn. Plot twist, y'all. I didn't get canceled. I got lifted no. up. <laughs> yeah. So I, I totally got it, though. Like, I mean, it, it it's an incredible sell. Like... For example, Eric Van Allen, friend of the site, mm-hmm. uh, and fellow Norman DFM co-host with Ken Shepard, streamed before your eyes and showed up like, did he write about it the next day mm-hmm. or yeah. something? Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, you know, there's a difference between being told, hey, this game is 90 minutes long. Feel free to make it your weekly or nightly stream or something, mm. and you've got your schedule sorted out. And having a game that you gotta play for like fifteen hours, uh, especially like, like there, there's just been so many games that have come out, and so many good games. I feel like I, I guess I can. I don't know if I can see where people come from when they say, like, oh, there just haven't been any good mm-hmm. games this yeah. year. Um, They're just not looking. I, I yeah. hate hearing that. Phrase. Yeah, it's like I understand we all have different tastes, but I, I truly feel that so many games have come out this year and so many good games, especially mm. during the pandemic. Like, this is... This is just sort of the second year of seeing how the pandemics has shaped mm. the developers working on games, their schedules, how they, you know, come together to form creative visions, everything. And we still got some really incredible games. And mm. so it's like, how do you find the time right. to put that in? Like, can you you played Life is Strange, you played Guardians of the Galaxy, which is not a short game mm. either. Uh, played Pokemon Unite, you also have, you just have like a bunch of games that you have played and mm. that you cover for a living. And it's like, it is easy for the larger games to fall through the cracks, mm. especially yep. if it didn't grab you immediately or if you don't have sort of the... The secondary reason of, oh, I have to file a review for this game motivating you. Um, And and I think I'm seeing people get a bit firmer about that Mm -hmm. in our industry, sort of being like, hey, no, this this game isn't doing it for me. I'm not Mm going to, you know, like that that Vice Games slash Waypoint article on Far Cry 6. Like, yeah, the the author was like, yeah, I don't like this game. Not going to keep playing it. And that's right. valid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Time is finite. And, you know, right. I think maybe when the pandemic first started, people initially thought, hey, I'm going to have time to do all these things. If right. I think time feels shorter mm. in, like, supply than right. ever. Um, yeah. So, there's definitely, like, yeah. there, like, like I said before, like, there's this pressure to play everything and everything. And I think the thing that helped me over the years of however many years I've been doing this kind of, like, get past the need to play things was also realizing that I don't need, like, a grand reason that I need to write about about why I did not stick with the game. And because I, I think that, that it's that pressure to, like, be part of the conversation in whatever form that takes. And sometimes, like, like, I, I, like I said, there's no real reason that Chicory, like, did not hold my attention for, like, longer than about an hour beyond the fact that Life is Strange showed up. But I can also, like, and that's kind of, like, what's in the spirit of the award that I'm trying to, that I'm giving Chicory now is that, like, I acknowledge that there is probably something great beyond the point that I got, but I also, like, I'm a person that's got 
all these other things I got to do and some things that grab me more immediately. So I can, I'm going to appreciate chicory from afar. And especially cause like there are people that like I trust with my life and like that are speaking about how it is like one of the best games of the year. And you know, sometimes I don't need to involve myself in that conversation and I can just trust the people who are as passionate about it as they are. Mm-hmm. It's definitely weird being in this industry and feeling like you have to play literally every single game and be part of every single conversation and all the mm-hmm. discourse, but we don't. <laughs> like, right. I, I, we don't. I, really... I, I, I have completely, I've stopped doing yeah. that, honestly. Like I've made hard boundaries because I got so burnt out from this mm. industry and I came here and I was like, I am not going to be that way anymore. And yeah. I will be in the conversations that I want to be in and talk about the things that I want to talk about because right. I don't have to be part of every conversation. Yeah. It's yeah. a ridiculous amount of pressure. Right. And I think we it, spoke about that. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I, was just gonna say, I think it, it serves everybody better that way when we don't always feel like we have to insert ourselves into everything because like for us, it, it helps us not burn out and it helps us not like feel that pressure to like be involved in anything. I think it just broadly is going to be make, make for better like content for like our readers and our listeners to get because like you don't have this person that's getting involved because they feel this pressure too. And you're just like, you're hearing from people that the game speaks to in ways that like make them want to have that conversation rather than us trying to like pull something out of our ass to like have an opinion to be heard, to be seen talking about these things. And yeah, it's just like, a, it's better for everyone if we don't hold ourselves to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. At least visited Montreal a while ago and we were talking about that. Um, just like there's so much discourse and like mm. a, yeah. about everything all the time. And at least was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just done with it. <laughs> I'm yep. not, I don't engage with it. I don't look <laughs> at it. And it was really good advice. Cause yeah, I, I've started to slow down too and not feel the pressure to play everything and, and f- like have that opinion, just like put out an opinion on everything. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I don't know those, those opinions when you're just like pushing so hard to get something out are not worth it. And I, I think it shows like it, it's, it's not something that is a value to anyone really like it's more worth it to like focus on stuff you actually enjoy or mm-hmm. or have feelings about than right. just like tacking onto the discourse that is perpetual and daily right. uh, especially in this industry for yeah, some it's reason just, it doesn't seem I, I don't understand the point of having an opinion just for the sake of having an opinion right. and also if you can spend your energy on less things mm-hmm then the things that you do spend your time on will probably, you can probably go deeper on them right. and have, you know, a, a more thought out opinion and analysis. And that's going to serve not just yourself better, but your readers or your listeners a lot better too. Mm-hmm. I also just think it's a sign of a good and level-headed and trustworthy critic when someone is like, hey, I played this for an hour and it was fine. I literally like don't have many thoughts besides Mm. that because I didn't see the rest of it and maybe it didn't grab my attention maybe it's not for me but I'm not going to say it's bad for it right for not doing that you know for not grabbing my attention and holding it and maintaining it not just like in a year full of games but in a year full of games and the pandemic and a bunch of other shit um Mm. I I think we I know that like the, the pressure to perform on social media right. especially and to to always have a take or have thoughts to share um it, it is important you know as critics to always be you know sort of have your finger on the pulse of conversations but it's also important to have you know to recognize your boundaries recognize mm. your bandwidth and be like hey like 
I just couldn't fit this game in my time this year. And that doesn't mean it's bad for it. It doesn't mean that like me not, you know, still playing it is like an automatic judgment of its right. quality or lack thereof. Yeah. As we like to say here, do less. Do less things. Don't feel the pressure to do more things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that actually about wraps up our show. Um, yeah. So let's go around the room. Let's let's plug all our stuff. Let's plug our Twitters. And if you got something like recently that you've written that you want to talk about, do that. Uh, you can find me uh, over at Twitter at ShepherdCDR. You can also find my other podcast that I do bi-weekly uh, called Normandy FM. It's a retrospective podcast where we were once a Mass Effect show, and now we just kind of do whatever we feel like. We're in the middle of a Final Fantasy X season right now, about to wrap that up and start Final Fantasy X-2 very shortly. Um, uh, as for something that I wrote fairly recently, uh, I wrote a thing about Before Your Eyes. It's very spoilery. Um, play that game. It's nine minutes long. It's very good. Um, it's about, you know, the uh, ramifications and lessons of that game's ending. All right, let's go around the room. Nat. Uh, yeah, you can find me at Hardimicia on Twitter. That's heart I M E C I A. Every week I host 99 Potions with uh, John Warren and Stephen Strom and Imran Khan. And it is produced by Jordan Mallory, who is also producing this wonderful episode for our Game of the Year podcasts. Um, in terms of things that I have written, uh, I have, I, I have not written as much recently. I am taking more to editing. Uh, But if you want to see my full, proper, non-word vomit, much more articulate thoughts on Chicory, A Colorful Tale, uh, my review is titled, For a Game About Imperfections, Chicory, A Colorful Tale is Practically Perfect. And you can find that, like all my other writing, uh, over at fanbyte.com. Funky. Yay. Yo, uh, you can find me on Twitter at FunkeFly, F-U-N-K-E-F-L-Y. And you can check out the Solar Ash review I just posted yesterday. What is time? Two days ago. Um, It's great. It was great then, still great two days later, one day later, whatever. (laughs) I actually don't know when this is going up. Thank you. Yeah, and shout out Natalie for the edits on that. It was really fun. Yeah, Natalie, good at job. What Uh, Elise. Yeah, um, you can find me at Elise Favis, that's E-L-I-S-E-F-A-V-I-S on Twitter. Um, like Natalie, I don't write as much because I do a lot of editing at Fanbyte. Um, however, uh, it's not published yet, but I do have a piece that I'm pretty proud of, about also about Before Your Eyes. Yeah. It's a great game, go play it. Yep. Um, but that will be published sometime uh, soon, in the next few days. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to hear some more Game Theater podcasts like this one, uh, they're all up on the channel at feed or going up. I don't actually know the order of operations of when this is all happening, so just it's all going to be there. It's all going to be curated in one feed. Um, you can find other podcasts over at the Fanbyte Podcast Network at podcastnet.work or fanbyte.com slash podcast. Um, you can also, if you want to hang out with us and talk about you know the shows and the writing that we do and with other wonderful individuals, uh, you can join our Discord at fanbyte.casa. Um, I think that's all I've got to plug. I think we're done. Oh god, how do we wrap? Hey, we did it! We did it! it. Everybody, no games. more video games no. ever! Nope, video games are done! Fanbyte is pivoting to chair. I don't know if you heard the news. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the dial tuned to channel F. Get the funk out of my face! Get the funk out of my face!